Amazing. That was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that story. It's been such a beautiful morning of these stories, isn't it? Of transformation, of what God has done in our lives. And that's what we're here to celebrate today. And we just want to welcome you again if you're visiting this morning. And for those of you that are visiting online, we're so glad that you've joined us for this service. And my name's Jasmine. Um, and my family and I call this church home. We've been here for about eight years now. Um, and yeah, we just, I'm honoured to come and share around the word today. And we are a Bible-believing church. We believe that what the Bible says is true. And this morning, we're going to look at some scripture together. And we're going to go deeper and figure out what is all of this about? What does it mean that Jesus died on the cross and rose again? What does that mean for our lives today? So we're going to look um, at a book in the Bible called Ephesians. If you've brought your Bible with you, feel free to open it up to Ephesians chapter 2. Otherwise, it's going to be behind you on the, me on the screen so you can read along with me. Now, the man who wrote this letter to the Ephesians, Paul, he had his own transformation story. He was one way and then he met Jesus and his life was completely transformed and turned around, completely and he wants to impart a word to the churches. It was to this, this area called um, Ephesus. And he wrote a letter to them saying what the resurrection life is about. And this section of the letter is saying, what difference does it make that Jesus died on the cross? What does that actually mean? And we can take um, part in that today. We can learn from that today. So let's read together. Verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of the flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're going to go through this scripture and unpack it together. I'm just going to pray before we start. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come into this place this morning we thank you today we can celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and we thank you that that means that our lives can be made new as well. We just ask that you speak to us through the Bible this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first section, verse 1, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Now we've heard a lot of talk this morning about the mercy and the grace and the goodness of God and we're going to continue to talk about it. But before we get there, we're going to start here. Paul makes it clear we have an absolute desperate need for Jesus. All of us. Whether you've been in church every day of your life and grown up in a Christian family, or whether you literally just were walking past this morning and saw the church doors open and walked inside, 
says that you were dead in your trespasses and sin. What he's talking about is the failure of people, all of humankind, to live as, as God designed, as they could and should. God made us in his image to be his children, to know him, to be in his presence, to rejoice in him. But all of us have challenged the boundaries that he set before us. You know, I've got three girls here this morning, so I've got to be careful what I say. But, you know, we, we set boundaries for them. We say, maybe just have, you know, two chocolate eggs before breakfast. But who knows that they really love to push the boundaries. Can I have another one? Can I have another one? They don't stop pushing. That's just one example. I could give you 600 of when they push the boundaries. But we do the same thing with God, right? He sets boundaries for us. And you know what the boundaries are? They're the good ways that he has planned for us to live. God is our creator. He knows what's best for us. He knows the, um, the ways, the paths to walk in that are going to mean that our lives are flourishing, our lives are thriving. But we push back on that. We want to do things our own way. It says that we once walked in these ways. We felt comfortable in them. You know, you're, you're walking in a path. You, you just you get into a rhythm. You're really comfortable. It doesn't really bother you. Sometimes you're not even aware of the, the patterns that you do. It says that we follow our own desires of our, our body and our mind, the ways of the flesh. We, we do what we want to do because that's what you do, right? Just please yourself. Um, do what's best for you. Does it, if it's not hurting, hurting anyone, it doesn't matter. Um, that's what we say to ourselves. We don't think twice a lot of the time about our actions and what we do. And I wanted to share this story with you this morning. Um, about nine years ago, it was just an ordinary weekday morning and I was going to visit a friend. Um, now, I'd driven down this road many, many times. Um, so we just got ready like we normally do in the morning. My kids were one and two at the time. Um, so busy morning, getting in the car. And it, it was summertime. It had been raining. Um, but I, I was driving along to visit my friend. I was thinking about the day. Uh, what time do I have to get home to make sure my kids, you know, can get down for their nap? What are we going to cook for dinner tonight? Like, oh, no, I've got that pile of washing to fall when I get home. All these normal thoughts are running through my head as I'm driving. And all of a sudden, I drive around this bend and I lose complete control of the car. It was absolutely terrifying. And the car spun around several times before it went into the um, barrier on the side of the road. It was written off. Um, and the emergency services came and we were all okay, praise God. But I'll never forget something that the police officer said to me. He said, did you notice when you were driving that there are the yellow um, speed limit signs to indicate that it's a hazardous area and they indicate that you need to slow down? And I said, no, I didn't, I didn't even notice them. I wasn't even aware of them. They weren't valuable to me. I didn't have eyes to see them. I was in, going on my normal rhythms, in my normal ways. I couldn't even see them. And it was only when the police officer pointed out them to me that I became aware. Now, from that day driving to now, nine years later, I never don't see those signs. I look back and I remember where I was and what could have happened, and I remember what could have been. And those signs are a marker for me. This is what Paul is talking about when he's saying, remember, you were dead in your sins. Make no mistake about it. Don't look back and think it was a great time. Without Christ, we are nothing. Verse 4 goes on to say, 
but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. It turns quickly, doesn't it? First, we focused on ourselves. We were in this way, but now look at who God is. But God is rich in mercy. You've read scripture, you might see it says over and over again, but God, but God, he changes things around because of his great love for us, because he is rich in mercy. And I don't know this morning if you know what God is like. Maybe you have ideas of what he's like. Maybe you've heard other people talk about him. Maybe you've read something. But can I tell you a bit about him this morning? It says he's merciful. What is mercy? It's when we don't get what we actually deserve. You know, the Bible teaches us when we push back against those boundaries um, that God has set for us, that the consequences that we're deserving of God's anger, that's what is meant for us. But mercy says that we are not going to see an ounce of it. For those of us who put our faith in Jesus Christ, we're not going to see that ever. Christians, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry that one day, oh, maybe he'll change his mind. No, he is rich in mercy. Rich. It's not just that he has mercy, but he's rich in mercy. And I can't help but think of um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, right? He promised, he gave out these tickets and on them it said, you'll win a lifetime supply of chocolate. A lifetime. It was going to last them probably longer than a lifetime. And they went to the factory and there was chocolate fountains, there was chocolate rivers, there was any sort of chocolate they could imagine. Like here, just think about your houses this morning, you probably had so much chocolate in them if you've got little ones. These baskets here were overflowing with chocolate for the kids this morning. Like Willy Wonka's rich in chocolate. God is rich in mercy and so much greater than we can even imagine. That's just a limited um, example from our human experience. But God is rich in mercy. It's immeasurable. It's not going to run out. I think that's a message for some of you this morning. You might have been sitting in these chairs for a long time, but his mercy is not going to run out. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday, what you do today, what you're going to do tomorrow. When we come and we have faith in Jesus, his mercy is not going to run out for us. Even when we haven't walked with God, when we haven't reciprocated that love that he has given to us, when we've chosen our own ways, God doesn't walk away from his people. We see this over and over again in the Bible. In Lamentations, it says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. We are not consumed. It says he does not stay angry forever, but delights to show mercy. Do you know what actually pours out of who he is? It's not like he switches from one mode to another. He is loving. His mercy flows out of his love. It's who he has always been for eternity and it's who he will always be. His love is always going to be directed towards you. He focuses this love and mercy on us. So looking at the next few verses from verse 5, it talks about who we are now when we put our faith in Christ. It says, verse 5, even when we were dead in our trespasses, it's got to remind us again, we have been made alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. He raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He made us alive even when we were dead. Not when we got it right. That's when God started loving us. He didn't wait until we were lovable. 
And sometimes we're stuck in that, right? We're trying to make ourselves lovable. But he already loved you. He didn't wait until we were unlovable, but loved us when we were stuck in our ways of sin. The greatness of his love is shown in the fact that it makes us alive even when we were dead. It brings us to life. That's what we're celebrating today, the new life of Jesus. And, you know, our experience of God's love, what you know of of God's love, um, how much you see of his love, you will see in relation to what he has taken you from. So that's why we started with remember that we were dead in our sins. We need to remember that place to see how he's lifted us out and raised us, raised us and seated us in Christ Jesus. So you might look around thinking, well, it doesn't look like I'm sitting next to Jesus. I'm not sitting in the heavenly places. What's going on here? What I'm faced with the reality of life every day. And, you know, it still is really, really hard sometimes. But it says that we sit in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So what that means that as Christians, as people have put our faith in Jesus, our lives and our identity is in Christ. As he sits in the spiritual realm, in the heavenly places, so do we. We have a place in the kingdom of God and we eagerly await his glory, don't we? That's why we're so excited today. You might think, well, these people like clapping and jumping around. We are so excited that we have this gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. That's what we're celebrating today. We are seated with Jesus. We have faith and we believe we are seated with him in the heavenly places. We have victory with him because he has conquered all sin and death. Whatever comes up tomorrow, the next day, the day after that, we know he is victorious. He reigns over all things. The Bible says that God has put all things under his feet. Verse 8, by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It's not a result of work so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Paul reminds us again, it's a gift of grace. It's a gift. A bit like mercy, it's lavish. It's abundant. It's overflowing and it's undeserved. Grace means that we haven't deserved it. God has given us something that we don't deserve. He's given us himself. He's shown us his kindness in Jesus. And why? Why did he do all this? Like, what's the point? The point is that he did it so we could come back to know him, that we could be restored to know God again, that we could walk with him, that we could have relationship with him, we can pray to him, we can talk to him. There's nothing in the way between us and him. Jesus has paid the price for our sin that should have been for us. And, you know, when we don't put our faith in Jesus, it's hard for our hearts to walk in that right path towards God. But when we put our faith in Jesus, he enables us by his Holy Spirit to live lives that are pleasing to him, to walk with him, to be changed by him and transformed by him. That's what you heard about with all the stories this morning, the power of God. So it's the gift of grace through faith alone in Jesus Christ. It's God's work. It's God's work, right? We can celebrate that today. It's what he did. It's nothing that we did, right? We praise him for what he has done. The truth is there is nothing that we could have done. There's no way that we could have earned God's favor, that we could receive God's mercy and grace on our own efforts. 
And I don't know, you know, if you think you're doing a pretty good job or not, but over time we get to see that it's actually ourselves that we choose every time. Our hearts are turned towards ourselves and our own motives. But the beauty of the gospel is the thing that we needed, the very thing we needed to turn back to God, the thing that would make it right for our hearts to actually recognize that God is our creator. He's the one who knows best. Um, the thing that we can't do on our own, this gift of salvation, it's been given to us. We don't have to go looking for it. And that's the joy that we have this morning in sharing these, this message with you all, is that the gift of salvation has been given to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And that's what we call grace. Might get Jared up on the keys. So we've talked about grace. What is grace? But what about faith? For by grace you have been saved through faith. What is faith? Faith is turning to God aware of our need for Him. And you know, I think there's no harm in doing that no matter where we are in our walk with Christ. If you've known God your whole life or you're just getting to know Him now, we can always come before Him with humble hearts, aware of our need for Him, our weakness without Him, with that willingness to receive what He offers. Faith is when we place our trust in God's love, when we accept His love that He's, He's offering to us. Faith is believing in Jesus and what He did, how He gave up Himself. He came down from heaven. He was obedient to His Father. He stripped Himself of any um, riches and honour and worthiness so that He could lay down His life for us. He didn't have to do that. He did it willingly, all for each of us. Faith is accepting that in Jesus, that's the place where we're made alive. That's the place where our lives are renewed. You know, we sing and celebrate today because of His transforming resurrection power in our lives. We know that we were dead to sin. We had no life before Christ and now we've been made alive in Him. You know, I grew up in a Christian family and... When I was 16, I decided I wanted to follow Jesus. I was done walking on my own and I had tried many ways to satisfy the longing I felt, you know, to be loved, to be known, to be seen, to be whole. I had tried many, many ways to do that. But at 16... I thought, no, I am going to not just run off of the faith of my parents, but I'm going to stand and commit my heart to Jesus. I'm going to put my faith in Him. And I was baptised and it was the best thing I've ever done. Now, did my life drastically change that day onwards? No. No, in fact, I had to walk through many difficult seasons. Um, My life has not been perfect, far from it. But through every season, I've had increasing joy in my struggles. I've got peace in my heart when everything around me tells me not to have peace. Why? It's because I put my trust in God. And can I tell you this morning, He is who He says He is. 
He is faithful. You know, the struggles, they, they come and they go. And maybe it's a bit of an overshare, but not even two months ago, I didn't even know if I could come into this place, let alone stand up here. But God walks with us. He is patient. He is faithful. He is good to us. He is kind. He does not let us go. He gave up His one and only Son so that you could walk in freedom with Him. Don't miss out on this opportunity today to walk closer to Jesus. You can trust God, trust Him with your life, trust Him with your mess, trust Him with your sin, trust Him with your health, trust Him with your job. You can start today. Jesus says, I have come to give them eternal life. And that's the most important thing that we can trust God with with our future. We can trust Him all the way to eternity. Jesus said, I've given them eternal life and they will never perish and no one, no one will snatch them out of my hand. No one. When you're in Christ, there's nothing that can take you away from His love. Yes, circumstances will come and struggles will come. But when you are in Him, your life is hidden in Him. You are secure. You are secure. So I wanted to invite you to all stand with me this morning. So today, we get the opportunity to actually respond. You know, we believe the Bible is alive and it's active and the words in the Bible have great power for our lives today. We celebrate what happened over 2,000 years ago, but it's not to stay in the past. It's for our reality here and now. So you might be in one or two places, maybe... You're not feeling much at all. Maybe you've got questions about what you've heard today, some of the stories that you've seen or the scripture that we've read. And that's fine. Why don't you chat with the person afterwards or think about coming to Alpha to learn more about Jesus. Why don't you give it a go? But I think for others of you today, there are probably people here that might be feeling, wow, I I don't think it's an accident I'm here today. Maybe you feel like God's actually talking directly to you, that everything that you've heard from up here is straight directly to your heart. Maybe it's resonating with you that this talk of God's love and mercy and grace, I need that in my life. I'm actually desperate for it. I don't know how I'm going to go on another day. And maybe that's you this morning. And today we're going to give you the opportunity to surrender to Jesus to surrender your life, to put your faith and your trust in Him. And I'm going to ask you to respond right where you're standing. Now, if you're like me, lots of things run through your head. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've got to overcome in my life. I've got no hope. And I remind you what we've read this morning. But God, but God is who is rich in mercy because of His great love for you. Yes, we have walked in our own ways, but God loved us even when we did so. He made us alive. It is by grace that you have been saved. It is by His grace, His gift, that you have been saved.
His mercy is greater than your sin.